Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> well, hello there. So wonderful to see you return to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and today we have something quite interesting. Not the usual fare here at Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. For the most part, we deal in antiquities and relics of ancient times of days of old but every once in a while we have some come in practitioners of certain dark arts and they are often looking for various roots and herbs in their uh, concoctions and I have a patron coming in later today, so I've uh, set these out. Now, this is a curious thing. You might take a look at it and notice the odd form of this root. It looks very human-like. Well, this may not be uh, normal. It may not be well-known to your eyes. You may have heard of this. This is the mandrake root. Mostly known for its medicinal and even psychotropic properties, it has been found in everything from the Bible to ancient grimoires, and is a key component in many spells used in witchcraft. And therein lies the essence of today's episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, so let's pull out the kinetoscope and take a look at the new Shudder original, Mandrake. So Mandrake is a film that came out last week, a, a Shudder original that on the surface, I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure I was going to like it. And it seemed interesting enough, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot, uh, give it a watch. I've been fairly happy with a lot of the uh, originals that have come out, especially during the month of October and September and October, uh, kind of Shudder was on their game with, with coming out with really good Shudder originals. So I thought, well... Okay, it's a new month, and we've got another Shutter original, so I'm going to give this a shot. It's directed by Lynn Davison, which I, I'm not familiar with. She's done uh, TV episodes and uh, short films. Uh, she's an Irish director. A lot of her, a lot of her fare is in the drama, sci-fi, horror, and fantasy genres. So uh, it, she's a director, and especially after watching this, that I'm really keeping my eye on because I was. I was quite impressed with how she treated this story and and really looking forward to more from Lynn Davison. And we'll, we'll talk a little more about that as we talk about this movie. But but she was the director. Uh, Matt Harvey was the writer. He wrote the screenplay for this. Again, uh, somebody who's done, uh, you know, written for TV series. And uh, I, I believe an, he's done another feature screenplay. But this is really kind of one of his first big uh, writing credits. And, of course, Lynn Davison uh this is her big feature film debut as far as uh, movies go. So Mandrake is kind of along the lines of what Shudder has been doing. Uh, a lot of first-time feature film directors uh, and writers putting out stories and you know, sometimes to, to mixed uh, degrees of success. Like I said, in September and October, Shudder really was on a good stretch of a lot of really good uh, original horror films. Uh, was this going to follow suit? Well, well, we'll talk about that. 
first off, right off the bat, I, I did enjoy this. I, I was quite pleased with this. Although the movie, uh, the ending's a little ambiguous, and it took me a while of thinking about it before I really uh, got to understand, I think, where they were going with this story. But I was quite pleased with that, quite pleased with the acting. Uh, the basis of this story is this probation officer, Kathy Madden, played by Deirdre Mullins. She's tasked with rehabilitating a notorious killer, Mary Laidlaw. She's been nicknamed Bloody Mary by a lot of the locals. Two decades earlier, she killed her husband in this brutal, what seemed to be some sort of ritualistic, uh, maybe satanic witchcraft, some sort of evil ritual was was being perpetrated and and it led to the death of her abusive husband but she's out of prison and Kathy Madden is her parole officer and Kathy Madden uh, the one thing I really liked about this character one I think Deidre Mullins uh, plays the character very well uh, I'm not 100% familiar with her she's another Irish actress uh, she's she's done quite a bit in Irish uh, television and and British television, Midsummer Murders, things like that. She was in Shadow and Bones, uh, the first season. Had a small part in one episode, uh, but uh, so yeah, I, I've seen her. I didn't really, I didn't really notice her, but uh, she's an actress that just based on this performance, I, I'd really like to see her in more. Uh, bigger budget things, more movies, especially horror. I mean, I don't think she is is one that shies away from horror, but I don't think she's one that gravitates towards it. She's not like one of those people that just are always cast in genre films, but I'd like to see her in more genre films. I thought she did a fantastic job. This Kathy Madden character, uh, we meet her right off the bat, and she's tough. She's a parole officer. She's kind of not no-nonsense, but she... She can handle her own. She takes care of her own. She has an incident where she's uh, trying to get somebody to, uh, to come in because they they skipped their parole meeting or, or whatever, weren't answering their phone. Another guy gets involved and things have to get physical. And she's not afraid to get physical. She's a tough, tough character. She plays that toughness well. We also find out that she is divorced from her husband. He's got a, a new wife who is who's pregnant and they're caring for uh, he and Kathy's son, young son. And we see the strained relationship between her and her ex. Even her and her son, you know, her son's even taken to calling his stepmom mommy. And she plays not only the toughness, but she plays the vulnerability of this character who she's trying to do the best she can. And she's not always there for her son when he needs, she needs to be. And she's very much a, a broken character that kind of buries herself in her work. You can see that she's a, a character that believes in second chances. Uh, she's a parole officer because she believes these people uh, deserve second chances, and she she's always given them the benefit of the doubt. And I think that kind of plays into the fact that I think she wants a second chance. Uh, she feels that she should get a second chance, and she's trying to be to these people what she wants somebody to be for her or she wants you know the fate or the universe or god to to be for her uh, the giver of second chances uh she had this son with her ex-husband but now she's barren she can't have any more kids 
Uh, she's just got a lot of, of brokenness inside of her, and, and she plays that quite well. She plays the toughness well, but she plays the vulnerability of a broken character quite well. And then you have the second of our, our two really primary characters. There's a lot of B and C characters in this, but our two primary characters are the Kathy Madden character played by Deirdre Mullins and Durable Crotty. She plays Mary Laidlaw. And Durable Crotty just plays this character so well. She has, and I, I've seen some people talking about it. They they didn't really get the the menace. I, I got menace for days with Durbel Crotty's portrayal of Mary Laidlaw. She just had this kind of undernote. It wasn't like mustache twirling, uh, sinister villain. <laughs> it, it wasn't like that. It was very subtle. It was very under the surface. Uh, little things she would say, little ways she would look, little inflections in her voice really kind of uh, underscored the sinister nature of her character. She is a woman who is into dark things. And and they really kind of play this as a little bit of a mystery to begin with in the first act. Is she or isn't she a witch? That sort of thing. But all your questions are answered in fairly short order. I don't even think we get to the first act before we find out what's going on. But uh, I do want to talk about this character a little more. But, you know, Durbel Crotty plays this character quite well because, like I said, the wickedness of this character is kind of under the surface to begin with. Uh, you don't really know. Okay, maybe maybe she is kind of getting railroaded. Maybe it is, you know, a modern-day witch hunt. Uh, you know, all the locals, we see these two little kids there going up to the witch house because that's that's what kids do when they want to scare each other is dare them to go to the creepy old place uh, where the old man lives and, and kind of lives as a recluse and, and everybody thinks that they go and, you know, smash a window, you know, that'll prove their bravery. That sort of thing. She is the town folktale. She is the town urban legend. But when you spend time with her, you know, you notice right off the bat that she knows things about people that she shouldn't know. She has some sort of second sight. There's something about her. She knew that Kathy and Jason were together, but nobody even told her that. Uh, she knew about Kathy being barren and, and was never told that. So she has some, some sort of second sight, some ability to read minds or see into, scry into uh, these people's minds. And, you know, that kind of leads you to think, yeah, she, she is into some sort of witchcraft, some dalliance with the dark arts uh, scenario going on here. But then things go from, is she or isn't she, to most definitely she is, because those two kids that we meet early on, that uh, Kathy kind of runs off, uh, they end up going missing. And then we find out right off the bat that Mary Laidlaw did kidnap them. And she, you know, you don't see it. It doesn't get terribly graphic, but... For all intents and purposes, she kills these kids for their blood to make some sort of concoction. Uh, when the kids go missing, Kathy goes looking for them at Mary's place and gets taken hostage. Or, or not hostage, but captive and, and experimented on with this, this witch's brew made out of these kids' bloods and the, and the mandrake that she has to collect for Mary. Now, being the title of this story, I thought the mandrake was going to play a 
bigger part in this just because of all the lore about mandrakes of course mandrake you've probably seen if you watch the harry potter movies they have a whole big thing in one of them about mandrakes this kind of plays into that legend about mandrakes when you when you unearth them they'll scream and their screams can kill you if you don't plug your ears or, or what have you and they and they play into that a little bit here I, I like how they didn't shy away from making the folklore about the mandrake root uh, making it real and they did it in very subtle ways you hear the screaming uh, you see ever so slight movements of this almost humanoid form of this root in you know as mary's sitting there holding it and it, it almost looks like you see a little bit of movement where the eye would be there's almost a little bit of movement where the uh the arms or the legs are for for what would be a humanoid creature. And it was just, I, I like how they underplayed that. They didn't make it overt because it kind of played into the, is is this real? Is she really a witch or isn't she? We're pretty sure she is because she kidnapped kids and is killing them for some sort of witch's potion. But that doesn't necessarily mean she's a witch. It just could mean she's batshit crazy. I, I like how they, they played into the supernatural elements quite subtly and that still left that bit of doubt you know she's a murderer but is she still a witch and they kind of play a little into that until she makes this potion and essentially tests it out on on kathy and and kathy in in the course of being kidnapped by mary and what we find out is her her son thomas uh she steps on a, a bear trap and her her ankle is cut and we find out that this this potion is a healing potion and it heals her ankle and mary claims that it's going to make her be able to have kids again mary takes the potion early the next morning as kathy's trying to escape and and now instead of being hobbled and and walking around with a cane she walks upright she's fine and she's going to give it to her son thomas uh, because he's got health issues and the bottle's smashed and then it leads to mary trying to take kathy's son and use him in to, to recreate this spell. And, and the whole rest of the movie, uh, end of the second act into the third act, all kind of plays into that until we reach the climax, which uh, the climax isn't even so much of a climax. This movie doesn't really have a, a real definitive end. It's it's left quite open-ended. You have Thomas, who who is this uh, character we hear about, the Wandering Man. It's him dressed in this weird kind of a woodlandy uh, creature outfit, and he's taking Kathy's son, Luke, and taking him to Mary, and and she finds him and attacks him, and and then the the mob that's after Bloody Mary uh, finds him and hangs him in a, in a very grisly witch hunt kind of way it kind of played into the grimness of this in a horror because this really isn't a this isn't traditional horror this isn't about monsters that go bump in the night this is a movie that that really plays on tension in the building of tension and the building of atmosphere definitely a slow burn but it's a slow burn in a way that keeps you engaged because of of all the things going on uh whether it is the mystery of whether 
Mary is or isn't a witch, whether it is the mystery of of what is going to happen to these kids, whether it is the mystery of what is she doing, what kind of potion is she making, why did she kidnap Kathy, what's she going to do to her. It's a slow burn, but it has a lot of things going on to make you wonder, okay, where's this going next? What is the end game with this? That it keeps you engaged enough. Yeah, it's not terribly action-packed. Like I said, slow burn. But it is intriguing enough and engaging enough and it has enough going on that it never felt boring. It never felt long and I never was checking my watch. And while it lacked in creatures or it lacked in like like legitimate scares, it did have some creepy, eerie moments. Anytime Kathy and Mary are together, there's like I said, there's this that that undertone of evil in Mary that uh, the things she's saying, she's saying it calmly, she's saying it coolly, but she's saying it in a way that makes you lean back and you want to get away because you know something that cold is has a cold heart and <laughs> a black heart. And you get some of those instances where she says things about characters that she shouldn't know and that again that makes you kind of pull away and like oh oh there's something there's something up with her there's a couple scenes with uh luke when he is with his stepmother grace played by uh royce and gallagher who who does a really good job with this character i thought and, and the father as well paul kennedy plays jason reed uh, he's the uh, the ex-husband of of Kathy. Uh, I thought they did a real good job in these kind of secondary roles, but there's this the couple scenes with Luke and Grace where uh, Grace is doing something else and Luke is kind of behind her and you see him obscured by her. And then when the camera moves again, he's not there. And the first time it's done as a little bit of a jump scare. The second time it's done and he is abducted by, by Thomas. And, and just the mood of these scenes was just so creepy and ominous. Uh, they, were, they were quite effective in, in what this film was trying to do, is trying to creep you out, creep the fuck out of you. And, and, and it was done quite well. I mean, this, this movie is all about the atmosphere of this, this small Irish town, and it's, it's gloomy. It's, a, you know, from the way it looks, it looked a lot like here in, in northwest Pennsylvania in the fall and, and, and early winter before the snow really falls. It, it felt very much, I know, that's why I think a lot of people from, from Ireland and, and Scotland and Germany uh, all settled here in, in Pennsylvania because it was so much like their homelands because it just felt very felt very at home to me to watch this, this small uh, Irish town. And you, you see this just kind of overcast all the time. And it felt very much like this time of year here in Northwest Pennsylvania. So, so I liked that, but that that kind of atmosphere when you're around that kind of atmosphere the overcast days the cold uh it, it really has an effect on you emotionally and mentally and it's very melancholic and it's very uh, depressing at times and it's very eerie and very creepy and the trees are all dying the, the leaves are off them and there's definitely a feeling of dread at times and it sets a tone and attention and an atmosphere that just makes everything that goes bump in the night a little creepier. And that's what you get 
with this movie and 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 with the the setting of this movie and all the interactions between a lot of these characters especially with with Kathy and Mary all kind of lend itself to that that creepiness and that undertone of something's not right and that's what I I love movies like that uh, do I want monsters and things that that jump out and scare me and and bite my arm off uh, sure that's fun but something like this that works on a very psychological level and like I said while it is a slow burn it, it has enough to keep you guessing and wondering what's next what's what's going on next it was a good watch and the ending is left so open-ended I like I said you have Thomas who's who's kind of hung witch hunt style. Mary is nowhere to be found. You get a time jump where Luke and Kathy are visiting Grace. Uh, Grace, of course, uh, is by herself because her husband was was killed by Mary, and she's had the baby. And again, Kathy's all about second chances. While she doesn't like Grace because she feels like Grace has taken her place with her son, she's given her a second chance and she's helping her uh, because that's the kind of person she is. But but the end of this movie is really ambiguous and I wasn't sure what to make of it. And I don't know if I still know what to make of it because Grace and Luke are sleeping together on a couch in, in Grace's home and Kathy is holding Grace's baby and... She keeps looking at the baby and the baby keeps smiling up at her and she's standing in front of the fireplace and you just, you don't, what is she going to do? What is she doing? And it never happens. Nothing ever happens, but it makes you wonder if, if she's been infected by some evil and uh, Jesus, you almost wonder if maybe at some point she's going to toss that baby into the fire. Is she infected by the witchcraft that, or or the evil forces that infected Mary? Uh, but then it cuts to Mary in front of a, a big fire in the the woods. She's buck naked and maybe doing some ritual. Who knows? But you almost wonder if there's some sort of you know, because they had this experience together and they shared this potion together, if there's not some sort of mental connection between the two now, maybe Mary is seeing this baby through Kathy's eyes and she wants to use it for some sort of witchcraft spell. I don't know, but it's left very open-ended, left very ambiguous, and you just don't know what to make of it by the end. And not in a bad way. I mean, I've, I've seen movies where that's been done in a horrible way where like, I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch? And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. In this case, it, it wasn't so much a what the fuck did I just watch, but what the fuck did that mean at the end? And it, it left me thinking and, and pondering and thinking about this movie. And, and I suppose that's probably a triumph from uh, Lynn Davison uh, the fact that I've been thinking about this movie for, you know, going on days now and trying to figure out what to make of that ending. And I'm still not sure that I'm 100% sure because there was just so much that went on in this movie. So much folklore, so much. I mean, this is definitely folk horror to a degree, but there's so much folklore in this and there's so much uh, backstory that you you get done very well. You get to see Kathy reading reports and flipping through articles and you see headlines and you get little pieces of information that it's more interesting to see it that way than just somebody 
giving exposition. At the same time, you almost feel like you didn't catch everything and you might need a second watch to, to really get all of what you may have missed. But there's a lot to do with witchcraft and de- devil worship, satanic worship, satanic rituals. There's the wandering man, which we see uh, Thomas played by Seamus O'Hare, which he doesn't have a ton to do, but what he does and without very much dialogue, he does quite well. I I enjoyed uh, the bits we got from that character. It was creepy and odd. And you have this wandering man character that you almost wonder if that is uh, him making a physical representation of something spiritual or demonic that he has seen or that... That, that Mary has seen somewhere. Uh, you get a lot of things that I, I don't think it ever really follows through. That's probably if I, if I had to say there was one, uh, I think, weak point is that there are a lot of supernatural elements to this that I don't think were really followed through completely. And I think it would have made it scarier, more like you know, traditional horror movie scarier if some of these elements of supernatural were followed through with a little more but i I have to say you know now that i think about it the more i think about it i'm okay that it didn't i wish it would have but i'm okay that they didn't follow through on some of the supernatural aspects of this because when you leave it a little more ambiguous it, it still leaves that shadow of doubt in your mind as to whether this was all real or just a figment of someone else's imagination sort of aspect to it so I would have been, I think I probably would have liked it more as a horror movie if if we would have followed through with some of those supernatural elements. But the fact that they didn't, it made it more of a psychological horror than more of a supernatural horror. And those are just as fun for me in their own right. I think, you know, following through on the psychological aspects of this probably would have made some of the bits of this movie, some of the aspects of this movie, a little more definitive and less ambiguous. So I guess that's probably my my issue is do I want it a little more defined or do I want it to remain ambiguous? Uh, it really all boils down to if you want this to be a little more defined, then you probably want the supernatural elements to be followed through on if you're okay with it being ambiguous it's okay that they didn't Uh, i'm somewhere in between i'm not sure how i feel although like i said uh even though they didn't follow through on the supernatural elements uh, i did still enjoy this but yeah everything looked great the the sets looked great it was a creepy atmosphere uh the cinematography there was some really uh, haunting imagery in this uh just with the woods and and that sort of uh you know, woods can always be creepy. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to do much to make woods creepy. Uh, but I, I just love the look of some of these things. Once you got inside the Laidlaw house, uh, there were some aspects of that that were very creepy and claustrophobic. And and once you get down to the basement, it just, uh, there was a lot of, of great set design, I thought. It, was, it wasn't anything mind-blowing or anything revolutionary as far as the sets go, but they looked real. They looked lived in. Uh, they looked... Uh, creepy, uh, which I think it's, you know, that's what you want in your creepy, scary horror movie. But uh, I enjoyed that. Like I said, the cinematography, there's some beautiful shots, uh, some really creepy and haunting shots. Uh, I enjoyed the direction of this. I thought it was, it was well-directed, well-paced. It was only about an hour and 20 minutes, I believe, uh, was the runtime on that. And, you know, it it moved for being a slow move. It never felt slow. It never felt too long. It never felt like it outlived its 
its usefulness at, at any point. Uh, it, it kept moving enough uh, as far as the advancement of the story. It kept moving quick enough that I never felt bored during this. Uh, everything was quite intriguing and quite engaging. And for being a slow burn, it moved along at a, a good enough pace. And the acting, like I said, uh, I just absolutely love Deirdre Mullins as the Kathy Madden character. Uh, Gerbil Crotty as Mary Laidlaw was good. Uh, Paul Kennedy and uh, Royson Gallagher as as Jason and Grace were really good. Even the even the kid Jude Hill as Luke. Uh, you know, little kids can be. It can be tough sometimes because they can take me out of a, a kid that's like overacting or underplaying it. But I thought this kid, for what he had to do, uh, was really good. He felt like a real little kid, uh, which was quite uh, quite enjoyable. Seamus O'Harris, Thomas was really good. Uh, Ian Beatty as Massey was really good. There was a, another actor, uh, Nigel O'Neill, as Bill Rosewater was was quite good. And there's some twists that go along there. Um if that's the character I'm thinking of. But you know, there were some really good uh, B and C character actors that, that were all quite believable. And, you know, when you have really good stars, that's one thing. But then when you have a lot of the supporting characters uh, that are really quality actors, that just makes the world more believable and you can really immerse yourself in the world. And that's what this cast really did. And from what I understand, it was all like an Irish cast. They shot this about two years ago at the height of covid uh so this is this is all done in like a small town in ireland all irish actors irish director they had to work with the constraints of filming this during the height of covid so the fact that they they pulled this off uh the way they did not a huge cast and you never had too many characters in close quarters at the same time so you know you can see knowing the fact that this was filmed during covid you can see where okay yeah that's why you know you just really got two people in a lot of the scenes together so it was quite a feat and a feat very well uh, accomplished uh, they they set out to make a creepy atmospheric psychological full horror movie and i think they did that in spades and not that i want to see a sequel to this because i don't think every movie needs a sequel but the one of the things i do like i like how they they left this kind of open-ended uh, and that leaves the mind to to wonder where the story might have gone after this or might go after this and allows you to to think and fantasize about where the story could go from there and, and that I, I love that aspect of movies sometimes sometimes I like to have things wrapped up in a nice neat little bow but sometimes I like to have that oh what if this happened afterwards sort of scenario and and they did leave you hanging with a enough of an ending that you feel the the movie came to its rightful conclusion but it left it uh, ambiguous enough that you wonder you know where things might go from here uh, because they definitely could go somewhere so that's my take on the Shudder original Mandrake. I was really impressed with this for for being what looked like a smaller budget movie. Uh, I thought it didn't look small budget. It didn't feel small budget. I mean, it didn't feel big budget. Don't get me wrong. It didn't look all slick and polished. Uh, it looked like a small kind of like guerrilla filmmaking. Uh, let's go in there. And even I, I think I was watching an interview with Deirdre Mullins where they were talking. She was talking about how, you know, they'd go in and there wasn't a lot of room for interpretation. There wasn't a lot of ad-libbing and improvising scenes. It was they went in 
with the script. They did the script. They may have got one, two, three takes if you're lucky, but more like one or two takes and it's on to the next thing. So they, they went in there guerrilla filmmaking style and bang this out. And, and what they did, I think was an admirable, uh, like I said, psychological full horror film. And, and I quite enjoyed it. So I encourage you to check it out. Mandrake, it's on shutter and I think you'll enjoy it if you if you give it a shot. If you manage your expectations and and you're not going in expecting more than what the movie really purports itself to be, uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. If you don't like slow burns, you're not going to dig this. Uh, but if you don't mind a slow burn, if you don't mind uh, you know interesting characters and letting that drive the narrative, if you if you like that, and I do, uh, I think you'll enjoy this. And it's creepy and haunting and bizarre and I think you might enjoy this if if you, like I said, manage your expectations and realize that what you're getting into is what you're going to get. So I want to thank everyone for listening to my thoughts on Mandrake. Check it out on Shudder. You can also check out what's going on with Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop as we're always posting trailers and uh, I'm sharing articles from all over the internet on horror, fantasy, and science fiction. Check that out on Odds Bodkins on Facebook. Also check out our Instagram page. I'm not as diligent with that as as Facebook, but but I try. But you can check that out as well to stay on top of what's going on with the uh, podcast. And as always, no matter where you listen to this podcast, please like it, follow up, subscribe to it, download the episodes, leave a review, five stars would be awesome, and share it. Share this podcast with anyone you know that loves horror, fantasy, and science fiction. So until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!